0: <laughs> I'll turn it away so that like we're not promoting you. <laughs> yes, this
1: is a, this is another Pennsylvania logger.
0: <laughs> we're shooting a movie a couple weeks ago that I was an extra on mm-hmm. using O'Douls. It was for a bar scene.
1: Yeah, I can understand that O'Douls is like probably the most popular non-alcoholic beer, but I don't think they're the kind of organization that's going to be pissed if we talk about them. You know.
0: Uh, they could use some advertising. Uh, actually, a funny story. A friend of mine years ago. Uh, this is when we were all fairly young, and we just all turned twenty-one. And he was so proud he could get a beer, but he doesn't know anything about beers. So he's going through the menu for all these beers, and he sees something called all Duels, and he's like, "Oh, that sounds good." So, oh, you know, waitress comes over. He orders like, "I like an Old Duels, please." Like, okay, I'll give you a second. All right. I forget what it was. Oh, yeah, he pulled out his license to give to her to get no duels. Right. And she goes, don't worry, I don't need that. And he was so, oh, yeah, I look older. (laughs) And as she's walking away, one of my friends goes, it's a non-alcoholic beer, you idiot. What? No, come back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, there is a small amount of alcohol in it, but it's the same amount of alcohol that you'd get in, like, certain medicines that you can get over the counter. Then you don't need an ID for that either. But I don't know. I, I, like, even if somebody came to my bar and still asked me for an old duels, and they looked young enough, I'd still ask just to make sure, because God forbid someone says the wrong thing.
0: But if it's old duels, I mean, it's not an alcoholic. Uh, would you would you still need to check ID for a non-alcoholic
1: beer? Anything that has any amount of alcohol that comes across the bar, you should ID for. Like soda, juice. Of course, you don't have to worry about that. But even a non-alcoholic beer is still a slight bit alcoholic. It's like one to two percent.
0: Mm. Uh, how does this look? Does this look stupid?
1: What the yeah. goggles?
0: Yeah, I'm now I'm looking at it more and more, my hair looks all screwed up on it. You kind of look like uh, Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon. Do is I? Is wanna... that a good thing or a bad thing right yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like we we could use that to segue into Justice League if you want.
0: (laughs) Oh god! Oh, that's right. He did do stuff on that, didn't he?
1: Um, Oh man! Well, the the fact that he got the petition going for the Snyder Cut.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why would you? uh, I I can get into that though. Uh, Did you see Justice League or no? No, I didn't. But 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 real quick, uh, just because uh, I actually I like just jumping in the conversation like we had, but should properly introduce ourselves. Uh, I am JT, this is Big O, and How you doing? Um, that's pretty much it, because I want to just keep talking now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, anybody that's been watching us, hopefully ever <laughs> since the beginning, you already know who we are, but it's just proper to introduce, but uh, for those of you who don't know who we are, who may be jumping on this for the first time, mind you, we don't always drink, but you know, this is a post-Thanksgiving episode, so we've had to deal with our families, it's warranted. And- I-, I was just
0: planning on drinking from now
1: on. We've gone to that point of the show. That's good.
0: <laughs> we're Irish. It's
1: expected. Oh well, again, they don't know. Granted, this is uh Is this German beer? I forget. No, 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 no. This this is I mean well, this I mean it's non promotional in... <laughs> Pennsylvania lager <laughs> that uh, you know, we're not necessarily being told to say the name or or promoting or it's just good beer. It's really good beer.
0: And I apologize, I just hit my beer on the microphone. I'm not that drunk yet.
1: Yet. Let's give it a half hour.
0: Mike, we still sounding good? Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm going to stop asking Mike if we sound good or not. I'm like the paranoid uh, technician. Yeah, we're
1: filming. Okay, well, I mean, I think it should be said that this is, for the first time in any of the episodes we're doing, we actually have help right now. Uh, We have our friend Michael, who's uh, behind the camera and the mic, uh, going ahead and letting us know if we're glitching or peaking or anything like that. Uh, Mike, you just want to give a shout out? uh, Say hi. What's up? (laughs) All right, hopefully you heard that. We bribed him with beer. Beer and eventually food at some point, because Ah. that's how uh, we operate. But we want to thank him for going ahead and doing this for us. Hopefully this episode will look and feel a little bit smoother than others. Um, especially, like I said, since it's a post-holiday episode and we're probably both rather tired and full of food and, you know, I don't know how your Thanksgiving goes. Me, it's just me, my mother, and my sister, so it's relatively an easy day. Um, I don't know how you spend yours, but...
0: Pretty much the same, swap out, uh, sister for father.
1: Oh, that's good, that's good. But, uh, enough leftovers for you?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, there was, actually. I had, a. Uh... Two additional meals yesterday. No, uh, Friday, because of uh, Thanksgiving. One for lunch, one for dinner. Nice. And you're not sick
1: of the stuff yet?
0: Not yet. Uh, Be fair, though. That was just what my mom kind of, like, jammed onto a plate and sent me home with. (laughs) And that was two meals. And I think she was even saying, like, please come back over this week because I got a ton more food.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be getting meals from my sister, too, since we host at her house now. Uh, now that she has, like, a nice big place for us all to go to. And I already finished up all my main meal leftovers. Now it's the desserts I have to work on. When I've still got, like, at least half of a, a brownie cheesecake pie that I have to work through. Which is, uh, you know, probably going to be gone by tonight. I'm not going to lie. But, whew, it's, it's going to hurt. Especially considering I've had to work this weekend. I had to work on Black Friday which is never fun, uh, especially if you're working in a movie theater and you've got all the kids being left in the movie theater so the Ooh. parents can go shopping. And, of course, supervision is key, let me tell you. And, of course, I had to do my own shopping too. Uh, I don't, do you do any of the Black Friday shopping? Cause I oh, tried, hell no. I try to do some of it online. I don't go necessarily to the store.
0: No, I, I worked uh, like a 4 a.m. shift for many years, so I never did it. And the one time I was like, oh, I can go out. I went out immediately regretted it and never did it again why how bad was it it's just it's so overly crowded and i'm just not one of those people who like oh this is like twenty dollars off i have to buy it no i don't (laughs) (laughs) i don't have to stand online for two hours for twenty
1: dollars off but do you do at least like the cyber monday stuff then like when it's safe from home
0: i used to but i don't feel like the sales are as good as they used to be but then again i didn't check
1: this year I mean, there weren't that many Black Friday sales either. I mean, the stuff that was on sale, it was like, eh, in comparison to what it could have been. And I don't know if that's just because there's not the product out, but I'm looking forward to Cyber Monday. I need to get some stuff, even just for myself, let alone for other people.
0: I was even wondering, is there still a Cyber Monday? Because uh, Amazon really jumped on Black Friday. They They had a whole bunch of Black Friday sales. So I figured, like, oh, they're just doing Black Friday now, and they're skipping right over. Cyber Monday.
1: Well, yeah, and that's a lot of cases. You got Best Buy and Macy's. They do a lot of the sales that you can do online oh. and in store too.
0: Did you hear Macy's uh, screwed up? Macy's. Uh, I know all our, our our viewers and listeners are really love us talking about Thanksgiving Day shopping or Black Friday shopping, but uh, <laughs> Macy's apparently really screwed up. Uh, their computers went down on Black Friday, and the, and uh, ended up slowing down sales.
1: Like, to what degree? Like, you couldn't get on the site?
0: Uh, I don't even think it was. it. No, it was, like, in-person sales.
1: Oh, so, like, if you were in the store in Macy's and you went ahead to up to the cash register and you were ready to check out and the computers failed, you weren't buying anything?
0: Yeah, I, crap. Now I'm trying to remember the story because now I don't want to say anything incorrect, but something around the, those lines from what I recall.
1: Okay, well, I went online, so I'm safe. I, I've got my order coming in. I got my guess from my mom, and I'm good.
0: But I guess I'm more thinking about it because you got to think, you're Macy's. You just had one of the biggest, biggest fucking promotionals the day before, and then you can't handle the biggest sales day of the year for yourself. Yeah, you got your <laughs> whole parade
1: for you on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the Amazon parade. It's not the Best Buy. It's the freaking Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day parade. World renowned, New York staple flagship store in the city and your shit goes down that alone should tell people you gotta like start shopping online and everything so although there are some people that go ahead and still do the store things as a matter of fact I just happen to have a story right here I don't know if anybody had uh, seen any of this in the news but uh, apparently there was a local guy here in Jersey in Cherry Hill Uh, he has gone ahead and identified himself as Charlie K because he obviously doesn't want his name or anything going out uh, he has paid for over 8,000 items that were put on Layaway at the Toys R Us in Cherry Hill. Now, uh, apparently all these are going to be, um, uh, he also paid a large donation to, uh, for toys for Toys for Tots, uh, but the people that had these gifts on Layaway, they're getting them now. Okay. And now, I, that kind of hurts, hits me a little bit home because my mom was a single parent, mom parent, like no dad around. It was her taking care of me and my sister. Layaway for us was like a a part of life. All right, Like, if you wanted something, you had to tell mom on, like, August. She would put it on Layaway, and hopefully by Christmas time you'd be able to get it. So, it was one of those things when she was just doing that, that, you know, it was, if it wasn't for that sort of thing, we probably wouldn't have had as many good Christmases as we did. But I know there's plenty of other people out there that probably didn't. So, for this guy to go ahead and, like, do what he did is, like, outstanding. Like, we're talking uh, at, at least uh, 350 layaway orders, a total of 8,000 toys, um, and then decided to ask everyone in the store to pick out these toys, uh, donate to Toys for Tots. He pretty much organized this whole thing at the store, quoting, I'm trying to bring some happiness to people, to the community that brought happiness to me and my family. I love this community, and I am trying to provide it back to them. That is great. Yeah. And that is something I think you have to realize that, yeah, it's Christmas time now. Everyone's going to be pissed off that, you know, you have a whole month of having a shop and the decorating and all that stuff. But you hear something like that, and it just makes you feel good, you know, right here. (laughs) You know, it it, it unclogs all the turkey and cranberry and mashed potatoes, and it just fills it with, like, some sort of human substance. I don't know what, but it feels nice.
0: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad when... I don't know if I want to say get in the Christmas spirit because we don't know if he if someone who celebrated Christmas because we don't know who it was. But I do I do like that this time of year people are more cheerful and more giving.
1: Yeah, and it's nice to hear those kinds of stories because they are going to hear plenty of other stories where you know people are going to get robbed and you know people's houses might burn down and all the money and christmas toys are gone you know as in so many simpsons episodes but hopefully we get ourselves to a point where maybe we're just all so fed up with everything else that's gone on this year that we try to do a little bit nicer for this one month for this just this one month that's left before 2018
0: probably not but it's a nice thought <laughs>
1: Take all the heart out of it. And just like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to give the people some sort of like, you know, compassion and you know decency. And you're just like, nah, that shit ain't happening. Nah, nah, nah. I'm a realist. He says with his beer. All right, so all the human kindness out of the room now. Obviously, there are a couple of uh, media-oriented things that we should be talking about. Uh, one of them uh, I would uh, go ahead and talk to you about because, unfortunately, the, the big TV show that's come out lately is Punisher, uh, and I have not seen it, and I guess this is a little bit of a throwback to last month when I went ahead and saw Stranger Things second season, and... I had to make JT rush to watch the rest, but <laughs> I had other things on Hulu, which I'll be getting into a little bit later. Uh, but you did watch the whole series, all thirteen episodes, right? Yes, I did. All um, right. So, how is Punisher?
0: Um, I liked it. I guess it depends what you're looking for in a show. Um, it follows very much the all the other Netflix shows, very drama based. And not so much, I guess, maybe the action you might be looking for. I mean, it's there, but it's it's mostly like a lot of drama, a lot like something you'd watch on CBS or NBC. Um, just trying to think what else I can really say about that. I'm not as good at you as you when it comes to just describing (laughs) something. I'm I'm passionate about ripping something apart, not (laughs)
1: really. Well, I mean, let's you know talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to punisher and it's obviously the gun violence you know it's separate in the other shows that are done on netflix the other defender shows because that's more uh street based punch and kick sort of stuff that goes on it's more mm-hmm. choreographed punisher on the other hand it's much more of a, a militant show it's kind of like like you said kind of like what you'd see on uh NBC or CBS or anything that has to deal with something that's based in the military and you see some army gunfights,
0: but it doesn't, it still doesn't go that way. It does have a very, uh, Luke Cage type feel, uh, daredevil type feel. It's everyone is dealing with their problems in their own way. And even, uh, the punisher himself is a very like, again, he lost his entire family. So most of the plot is based around, uh, that, um, all right, so in the past, we've talked about, like, spoilers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just say, give the warning right now, that we will be talking about spoilers for everything in, in here? Because we're talking about, like, I think uh, we're going to talk about four different things. I, I figure we're not going to be able to say much if we can't spoil it a
1: little bit. I mean, I'm fine with giving spoilers. I actually just did a spoiler-esque review on the uh, ROE page for myself for Justice League. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you want to keep on going with that sort of theme, uh, we can easily do that. It's just a matter of, you know, spoiler warning, spoiler warning, you know.
0: I'm just going to say, from this point on, we are going to be spoiling Punisher,
1: probably Justice
0: League, probably uh, Runaways.
1: Well, I mean, we're only three episodes into Runaways, so I mean, there's probably not too much to spoil there.
0: Uh, spoil the first three episodes of Runaways, and what was the other one we want uh, to talk about? Future Man. And Future Man. Okay. Yeah, I don't care about spoiling Future Man. Oh, <laughs> you will once you hear about it. <laughs> I'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. All right, so... Uh, the first thing I'll have to say about Punisher is it's basically, if you saw Daredevil Season 2, it's once again rehashing the storyline of who killed uh, Frank Castle's uh, family. In, if you watch Daredevil, and I'll just give you Daredevil, so th- spoilers for Daredevil Season 2 if you haven't seen that either. <laughs> uh, in the first half, which was probably the best half, uh, Frank Castle goes on a killing spree, killing uh the entire Irish mob in New York. Uh, well, not the, one of the families. Yeah. Uh, because they were responsible for killing his family. And by halfway through the series, he kills them all. So good, Frank. He's done. He's 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 re- avenged his family. Then, as you go on, you find out no, he didn't avenge his family. It turns out that the whole thing was a setup to kill his or to kill him uh, by his old commander, who had a drug operation. Um, and someone's gonna correct me because I'm probably screwing up some of the details here. But uh, pretty much. It turns out it's something, it was trying to kill him, not actually a mob hit.
1: Right, but that's kind of like the the twist of the whole Punisher story. Uh, if you know anything from the comics, you know that it's the mob that went ahead and killed Frank Castle's family, whereas here, it's more his military background coming yeah. back to haunt him. Yeah. So that's a nice little twist without it going old, old school and being like, okay, let's punch some mobsters. No, no, now you get into like the thin red line of, you know what the military can and can't do.
0: But it, it, it does like any type of drama on TV these days. It has all these twists and turns that at some point, like just makes your head spin. Um, basically like the first uh, few minutes of Punisher opens up with him finishing off the cartel responsible for killing his family. And then he kind of goes into a life of solitude. It uh, doesn't last long, however, because one dumbass drags him back in, and he ends up doing what Punisher does best, killing people, which uh, leads to him being kind of exposed. Not not to everyone, not to all his enemies, but to one guy who needs his help to uh, to help to pretty much bring him back as well. Like another guy whose life was ruined by the military.
1: And that's Microchip, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Michael Chip uh, in the comics was pretty much uh, Frank Castle's right hand man. He was the man behind the computer, as you see in like Spider Man Homecoming.
0: Mm-hmm. So pretty much uh, from there, it's just a team up. Uh, well, it's them getting together, and then them now finding out like, well, no, it's actually these guys are responsible for killing Frank's family for a whole <laughs> nother reason. So you've just pretty much re uh redid re I can't I can't think of the word but pretty much redid the story for the second time reiterated not still not the word I was going for but close enough um so that's already a negative on this one um and then other than that it's just again it's a uh, it's it's more drama based and action based they have some really good action scenes I did watch it all the way through but it's pretty much I guess the best way to describe it is, if you like the other Marvel on Netflix uh, shows, you're probably going to want to watch this one.
1: Well, can you oh, s-
0: I want to spoil one other thing. Oh. There was uh, one character who's introduced who is not a part of the comics, and I don't know why he was introduced, other than as as you know, there was some controversy just before this came out. We had uh, the 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 most uh, deadliest shooting in the U.S. in Vegas. Um. And I guess this, I obviously this was all already done before the shooting came out, but I guess it was to kind of relate to similar stories. It was like Frank Castle, but then they showed someone that went even beyond Frank Castle, like a someone in real life who would have been a part of the military. And just once uh, he exited and came back into society, could not find his place in the world and just, doing everything he can to get back into it and just everything failing. Mm -hmm. So you would see all this story with Frank Castle, and then it would be like two minutes per episode or three minutes dedicated to this guy. After a while, I was actually just fast-forwarding through it because uh, not to seem like an uncaring douchebag, but it was just like this doesn't seem to have anything to do with the story. It seems sort of like just trying to push the message into your face about don't forget your don't forget about these people and the seriousness of all this and blah, blah, blah. And then maybe by halfway through the series. Yeah. It turns out he is important because he becomes a semi villain in the, uh, halfway through,
1: but he's not anyone from the comics. He's nope. just something that was inserted.
0: He was just something that was inserted.
1: Hmm. Well, heavy handed, but I guess again, like since it's such a controversial topic with gun violence and, You know, military people going ahead and going off a little bit. It's it's a tricky subject to tackle, but it's something that still needs to be talked about. It's something that still needs to be showcased. So, at least they didn't shy away from that. I can give them that. But by the sound of it, it doesn't exactly sound like it's anything bringing anything new to the table that we haven't already seen. Is that what you're pretty much what you're going with?
0: Pretty much. It's there's a lot, some more violence. But it's far between. It's not consistent.
1: But as far as um, John Bernthal's uh, portrayal of Frank Castle, do you think he fit it? I
0: think think he's really good at Frank Castle. Um, I wouldn't mind if he kept playing Frank Castle for however many things they hire him for.
1: Right, because that's the thing. If it wasn't for his uh, performance in Daredevil Season 2, you probably wouldn't have gotten the show anyways. And you really can't say that about any of the other ancillary characters that you've seen in the other Defender shows. You know, it's not like we're going to get a um, an Elektra show anytime soon. I don't think. And you know, like I, I mean, the best thing we could probably go with is maybe a Misty Knight, Colleen Wing, Sisters of the Dragon spinoff. But outside of that, it's nice to show that they're able to at least expand, even though there won't be any new. Netflix shows being done by Disney because of the Disney app that's going to be coming out soon. So anything outside of these five shows will be on there. So at least they have something else to branch off from.
0: I also, on the side note, I don't know if I said this in the last episode, but I love how, uh, uh, there's a lot of people I know who are like, Oh, I'm not going to buy the Disney app. Why would I buy the Disney app? I'm not going to watch Mickey mouse and that stuff. Do you know what fucking Disney owns? (laughs) Half of everything. (laughs) They're trying to buy Fox right now. Once once they buy that, if well, they buy that,
1: yeah, if they buy that, I'm hoping they don't. But you know, that's just my own personal feelings about it. I don't want to see a homogenized Deadpool. I like where they're going with it.
0: <laughs> I I think they keep going. Remember, Disney owned Miramax too when they released uh, Clerks.
1: Yeah, but that was Miramax, and that was back in the '90s when it wasn't so clean cut and you know family friendly. That was during like the dark ages of Disney before the Disney Renaissance.
0: Well, it wasn't even really considered part of Disney. Disney owns all these uh, things that, like uh, I just talked about with uh, the Netflix shows. For, right. They they all have a lot of gritty things that they still produce to this day. They just keep it under, they don't put it directly under the Disney brand. They put it under another brand.
1: Right, which is something they were doing. Now they don't do that, really. I just pointed out they're doing it. They're doing it with Netflix. No, no. I'm... <laughs> and that's produced by ABC Studios. Yes, which is Disney. But I'm saying, if anything's going to be on the Disney app, it's going to be under the Disney moniker. They're not going to showcase anything else like that.
0: Then what would be, be the point of having the Di- I, I From my understanding, the application that Disney is building is going to be everything.
1: Everything within their libraries, but it's yeah. mostly going to be everything Disney under their library. It's not necessarily going to be everything that branches off from that. Disney in itself has a huge library of stuff that has the Walt Disney They're going to have Marvel
0: under there, which is not directly under Disney. Right. They're probably going to have, have Star Wars Marvels. and Indiana Jones under there, right? which, which is not theirs. directly under, Disney. Yeah, it, under if the they, Disney. If they buy the, the Fox library, they're going to put that all in there.
1: Oh, I don't know if they're going to put the Fox library in there. Probably.
0: That's the whole point is the content.
1: Uh, I, Vince McMahon. I, I would fail to see why does he always buy
0: those other wrestling promotions? He doesn't care about the wrestling promotions. He wants the tape libraries. Yes, but the,
1: the difference is those promotions is pretty king. much ran themselves dry. <laughs> it's not like they're fighting for the, the material or anything. ECW, WCW, they all went dry. So of course he was the one that was going to be able to use it. Other people, they have licensing and they have certain trademarks that are associated with some of the products, like Miramax, like Clerks. Uh, and anything else that was not done directly under the Disney logo, but
0: but I think if Disney is building this app and they want to succeed, they're gonna have to put. It. That's why they're pulling these shows from Netflix because they need it for their app.
1: No, the Netflix shows are staying on Netflix. It's just that nothing new is going to be put onto Netflix. Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Punisher are So they're
0: not going so to build any new shows. Correct on on. Uh, on Disney, they're not going to continue. No, they the will series? on Disney,
1: but it's not going to have anything to do with those five characters.
0: So there's not going to be Daredevil on the Disney app.
1: Correct. So not that, right now,
0: so they officially said that.
1: They officially said that. Then the, the Netflix properties are the Netflix properties. Nothing shall be added and nothing shall be taken away until possibly a new contractual agreement.
0: Well, balls.
1: <laughs> it's like this is the point I'm trying to make to you. I'm sorry. But
0: I was actually even gonna invest in that thing. Now now I don't. Now
1: But there was so much more that they could work with outside of those five characters. Just like yes, this. That, they just could. like there's so much they've been able to work with without having the X-Men and without having the Fantastic Four.
0: So let's talk about runaways then.
1: Okay, yes. <laughs> let, let's talk about a property that is under Marvel, that is under Disney, and that's Runaways, which is based off of the uh, teen angsty comic of uh, you know the same name. And the first three episodes premiered just this past week before Thanksgiving. I was able to chalk them out all out. And uh, I have to say, for what is supposedly a superhero drama, it focused a lot more on the characters themselves. And that's partially why I liked it. Because it wasn't one of these ones like The Gifted or like the Netflix shows where the the powers themselves and anything that revolves around them comes into play heavy. This is more just about any other kind of like teen emotional drama where the kids find out that the parents aren't the parents that they grew up with, that they've done some dirt, that they're not so wholesome and not so great, and they don't know what to do about it. And that's really where it stems from. Uh, basically, we have uh, six teenagers, all of them with unique uh, gifts, abilities, properties, uh, but at this point, they really haven't discovered any of that stuff. So they're just as new to their own selves as they are to what they find out their parents are doing, which their parents are part of a secret organization known as the Pride. I, I say secret even though the Pride organization is out in the public, but they use it as like a... The Kitty a, Pride
0: organization?
1: No, not Kitty Pride. no. Uh, the Pride organization is pretty much like this uh, charitable sort of organization, but in truth... It's a little bit of a secret cult thing where they're all red red robes and they have a secret underground layer. And um, essentially, there's this meeting that they have once a year and they get together and they sacrifice somebody and the kids just happen to witness it this year as they were all together. And now they don't know what to do. So they are right now in the essence of uh, discovering who their parents are as well as finding out who they are because now some of their gifts, are starting to come into play. Uh, There's uh, one kid whose parents are, uh, as much as they are chemists, they're also uh, biochemists, and they actually have a dinosaur living in their basement. So that's gone out. Uh, Another girl, she just discovered that she has super strength while she was having cramps from her period. Um, You have another kid who's... Uh, trying to break out into his own away from his super genius father by creating his own um, mechanical devices, uh, you know, like goggles and strength gloves and stuff like that. Um, the one girl who's the main crux of the kids as to why they're getting together all of a sudden now as opposed to before. They used to all be best friends, but then something happened with the one girl's sister who died. And because one of them didn't come up to the funeral, it started making these divides between them all. So when they finally come back together, it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little touchy. But she finds out that she can do magic, and now she's wondering, you know, if the mother can do it, if the sister could do it, that sort of thing. And aside from all the power stuff, the real meat and potatoes is not just what goes on with the kids, but also what goes on with adults, too. Because you figure with the show Like a Runaways. You're going to just focus on the kids, like any kind of uh, OC, 90210, Pretty Little Liars sort of story. The parents have just as much shit going on. So it's one of those things where it's like you don't necessarily have to be a tween or a teenager or a young adult to even get yourself invested in these characters. You could be an older person and still find the investment in the parents and what they have to do for their children and what they have to do for themselves and where they all come from. So, as far as character development, it's a really great show, and I feel it's going to be a nice little drama for people to go into every week, maybe for the next uh, 8 to 12 episodes. I'm not exactly sure how much the season's going to be. If it's Hulu, it's probably only a 13-episode season, but I think it's really going to be something that's going to develop nicely towards the end of the season, where you're going to be so invested in the characters, you're going to wonder, you know, if one of them is actually going to die. And that's something significant considering these are characters that you're not familiar with as far as Marvel characters are concerned. The Runaways aren't exactly the biggest name in the comic book industry. So for them to actually go ahead and make you feel something for these people that up until now you probably never even heard about, it's not Tony Stark, it's not Steve Rogers, it's not any of those other. it's not Logan, but you're really going to feel an investment sooner or sooner or later.
0: Well, I don't know if that's fair to say. Not not that you wouldn't invest in them, but to say like they're not... They're like, uh, you're kind of playing them off, I guess, as not-so-popular characters. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I never got to read the comic, but it's been on my radar for maybe a decade. I've been wanting to read it. I've always uh, been intrigued by this character and these stories. I think the only thing that kept me away is knowing it's Marvel, and eventually it would (laughs) get a little deluded. Understandable. Uh, But... um, but it was always it was always a very interesting storyline from the bat. But you you're basically it's a group of kids finding out their parents are all evil villains, and then running away and trying to figure out how to defeat them.
1: Right. Well, well, mind you, they haven't run away yet. That's the thing. Even though it's called Runaways, they're pretty much just working, uh, you know, cloak and dagger style. Not playing into <laughs> the cloak and dagger show that will soon be on Freeform, but. They're, they're definitely under the radar right now, and they're just trying to see, okay, is what we saw real? And if so, why? You know, it's it's more of the discovery at this point rather than the chase. The so chase sort, of main...
0: the, sort of a build-up, similar to, like, I guess, Preacher Season 1 was, yeah. like, a prequel to the entire comics.
1: I mean, it definitely starts off the same way the, the comics Preacher stopped. spoilers. Yes. <laughs> it, it definitely starts off the way the comics started off, but obviously if you have the... You know, the idea of television, uh, you can definitely stretch out the certain parts of a storyline longer than you could on a comic. Because with a comic, I think you have to actually be a little bit faster paced. But with television, and especially with the locale of California, which they really made California just like, they look, make it look really nice. Like, And it's not like all Beverly Hills snobbish-like. You know, it looks really good, and that really plays into the characterizations of some of these characters, too knowing that they're from this semi-ambivalent sort of atmosphere and now this sort of stuff is just, like, crashing into them when they probably led a nice lifestyle and now they're just like, oh, shit, now people are dying, you know? It, it, it plays into itself like that. But the, the thing you have to understand is, I mean, I say that that people don't know about Runaways because, let's face it, when it comes to big moments that are happening in the Marvel Universe, whether it be comics or television uh, even past or present or whatever, for a lot of people, this is the first time they're even hearing about the Runaways, let alone the individual what? characters themselves, because these characters don't really turn out to be anyone superhero-oriented in other storylines. You're not seeing these characters in Civil War 2 You're not seeing them in Civil War One. They're they're in a little pocket universe all to themselves.
0: Are they in the pocket? So they never interacted with other Marvel characters?
1: I'm sure in the comics they do eventually, especially when they're on the run and they're running away from the parents. But I don't necessarily see that happening here. And they're not going to get any character names.
0: So this is where certain individuals out there, probably you, are writing like, that's not true, Ryan. You're totally wrong, big O. (laughs)
1: I'm simply saying this isn't going to be part of any connected universe. This isn't going to connect to the Defenders. Well, none of them It's not really going to connect do. to the Marvel. It's not going to connect to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not going to connect to anything, much like it doesn't do in the comics to that degree.
0: You mean it, because Disney is probably going to end that after one season as well?
1: I don't know if they're necessarily going to end it. I mean, Lord knows they should end it with humans because that's bad enough that it's going to connect over to Agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point, I'm sure. But, uh, no, I think... In regards to the new shows that they have coming out, like Cloak and Dagger. Well, why would like they end this?
0: Netflix it's... and not Hulu?
1: Well, I don't know why they would end Netflix and not Hulu's Hulu, the Hulu only... but Hulu is...
0: Hulu's the only one that actually won Emmys. They're a little dangerous.
1: Hulu is a little dangerous, but all the more reason to get in good with them, if they are the ones that are also... Won... Well, mind you, Netflix has won awards, why too. Why would
0: you get in good with them? You're building your their competition against them.
1: Right, but that doesn't really mean that you would have to have everything on this app that they're building. Why, the why would you, Why would he fight
0: against Netflix and not Hulu?
1: I don't know why he'd fight against Netflix. Well, probably because Netflix is doing the one thing that Hulu isn't, and that's making original movies. I think the movie thing is more dangerous than the television thing. I
0: thought Hulu thing. is. That's that's why they... Hulu they, doesn't
1: make original movies.
0: I thought they did. No. I mean, I can't name any off the bat, but I thought they were working on...
1: At best, maybe a couple of documentaries, but certainly not any, like, you know, award-winning sort of stuff, whereas Netflix is a competitor to the movie theater in itself, and Amazon certainly is putting out their own movies, too, some of it going into theaters, but Hulu, no.
0: Really? So Hulu doesn't have movies?
1: No. If anything, Hulu's just now starting to get into the live streaming No, no, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. I remember 10 years ago watching Robocop, first time I was watching an actual movie stream online, it was on Hulu.
1: Yes, they take they take movies, but they don't make their own.
0: But it could be just a matter of time.
1: But like I'm saying, they're just now starting to get into live streaming television. What
0: do you mean now? They've been around for a, de- a decade.
1: Live streaming television, not just streaming oh, shows next so, day. Wait,
0: they're actually streaming
1: they're, they're starting up a new Hulu live program, which for 40 bucks a month, you'll be able to stream any television show that is warranted at the time it premieres, not the day after.
0: Actually, that that goes into a good subject, a little farther away from the Marvel stuff we're talking about. Because, you uh, know, we love segues. Segway. Uh, net neutrality. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that that's actually, uh, as of the time that this uh, episode is being taped, that's the big thing. Uh, December 14th, there's going to be a decision by the FCC whether to keep or remove net neutrality. Uh, for those who don't know, and just to give you the simplified answer of all this, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am, is uh, net neutrality is basically uh, the FCC saying that a internet service provider has to keep give equal bandwidth to all segments of the internet. It can't separate them into things like, say, oh, for... Uh, if you want Netflix, you're going to have to pay for this. If you want Amazon, you're going to have to pay for this. Um, this is, I think, going to be a big hit. If they take it away and these ISPs, which... This, this is the other silly thing to me. They're removing these rules, which there's no real reason to remove these rules except to give more power to the ISPs, which are saying, well, it allows the ISPs to be more competitive, except all the ISPs, there's usually one per area anyway. So it's like... We're going to make someone competitive in an area where they have relatively no competition.
1: Well, technically in many areas there's three. That's the thing a lot of people don't seem to realize cuz there's your cable provider, there's your satellite provider, and then there's Fios, which is uh, obviously Verizon, uh, but that's separate Satellite from the
0: other two. Uh, Does satellite do internet? I don't remember satellite doing an internet service provider. Technically an-
1: they do. Like if you buy into any person's package, whether it be DirecTV or Dish Network or Cablevision or So DirecTV uh,
0: provides internet? Yeah. Huh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it's usually with uh, whatever connection they have with AT&T. So the fact is, while there may not be two cable providers in the same area, there's still always options. And now there's going to be even more competition between them if net neutrality goes down because now uh, the satellite will compete against the cable more so, and then Fios will be its own separate entity as it is now. And it basically, it's just going to get to the point where either you're going to have to deal with it, or you're not going to have internet at all.
0: But I think the problem with this is, you know, when when they do these packages for cable, like your basic, your advanced, your plus, your gold, etc. Yeah. Uh, they're paying money to these channels to be on their network. Mm-hmm. You're not doing that with Amazon. You're pretty much, Amazon wants to be going out to everyone and... These cable service providers can say, eh, "No, uh, the, these people didn't pay for to get Amazon, so we're you're not you're not going to go to these homes." Right. Something like that, I don't think would be fair or should be legal.
1: Right. You no should... the throttling would be wrong. Not to mention, it also will dictate that the ISPs can maybe not allow you to go to certain things in general, let alone changing the speed and the bandwidth.
0: Which is the the segue from before was because you brought up Hulu. Uh, now providing live streaming, um, I think that's where cable is going to attack, or actually, all these providers are going to attack the the PlayStation views, the Direct Net TV now, mm-hmm. all the people who are like, "Hey, you can watch these TV channels over the internet from us on these other cable providers' internet." Uh, I think they're going to immediately go after that.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's going to be you know blood in the water, really. And that's why so many people either on YouTube or on websites have gone ahead and they've pleaded to everyone that they can to go ahead, uh, send letters to your governor, uh, write down the petitions. I've signed a couple of petitions myself, just making sure and make sure that we have a free and open Internet for everybody before anyone goes ahead and tells you what you can and can't see properly.
0: Well, we'll see if it makes a difference. I'm, I'm still fighting for it and I'm promoting it and I'm trying to reach out to anyone I know about it uh, like a jerk, but I don't care. I, I want my internet to be open. Uh,
1: well, if you really want to go ahead and press the point across, there's really only one thing you have to talk about to a lot of people. Porn. If you don't want your internet porn getting fucked up and having that buffering right at the keystroke, then you want to write to your governor and you want to sign those petitions.
0: You know, in places like China, they've figured out workarounds on how to bypass a lot of the uh, securities on going to certain websites. Mm -hmm. And I just love the fact that as uh, net neutrality is being kind of like a gun pointed to its head, Pornhub is the one that comes out and goes, don't worry, you're not going to lose us. We're already figuring out workarounds, so these assholes can't do shit about us. God (laughs) bless
1: (laughs) them. Uh, Well, Pornhub
0: leading the way (laughs) actually actually, it it just proves the old saying like the internet was built on porn
1: Mm. so as a segue talking about other fuck ups uh, Justice League (laughs) (coughs) alright now I've gone ahead and seen Justice League you've heard enough and read enough I'm sure and now, the big thing I want to talk about, because certainly enough has been said, I've even gone ahead and done a spoiler review of Justice League from my own home uh, the night that it came out, uh, which, of course, if you go to the Real Deal Entertainment uh, page on Facebook, you'll be able to see that video at any time. Uh, this way I'm not bothering you with another spoiler alert or review or anything like that.
0: For all your spoiled needs.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, that's actually the hashtag that I was using for it. Hashtag Spoiled Rotten. It's basically a new little concept I've come up with where I go ahead and review movies that have not been rated so well, and I decide whether or not they're still deemed worthy for the general public to go out and watch. And in my personal opinion, Justice League is a movie worth going to the movies and seeing, regardless of its Rotten Tomato review. And that's mostly because it in itself is a fun movie, and if you take it away from everything else that's come prior to it, like, Superman, uh, Man of Steel, like Superman vs. Batman or Batman vs. Superman, whichever way you want to put it. Uh, even, especially Suicide Squad. If you take it away from all of that and just see it as a movie unto itself, it's a fun movie. I like some of the characters in there more so than others, yes. And the plot can be a little jumpy, but of course, it's Warner Brothers editing, so I shouldn't be too surprised. But I would still recommend to go and see it. However, there is now the petition going out that they want to see the Zack Snyder cut. The original version of the movie before Josh Whedon got his hands on it because there's a lot of complaints about Josh Whedon's interference in the film.
0: Yes, because Zack Snyder's cut of Batman versus Superman was so great.
1: Obviously, there were going to be some differences between the theatrical cut, and the one that you got on DVD. And a lot of people praise the one that you get on DVD as being that much more of a coherent story, but that's also because you have 30 minutes of edited material being punched back into the thing. And Whether it's more shit or less shit, it's still shit. Granted. However, I think the fact that if you kept Snyder going on the same street that he did with Batman v Superman, tonally it would make more sense than what a lot of people got with Justice League, the Josh Whedon slash Zack Snyder version. And there are even complaints that uh, Whedon went ahead and ultimately just took the stuff he did from the 2012 Avengers and plugged that into the movie.
0: So who did he kill off? Did he kill off the Flash?
1: I bet he killed off the Flash. I'd kill off the Flash. Well, the 2012 Avengers didn't kill off anybody. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) So what...
0: Actually, considering the fact that we know Superman comes back to life in this,
1: yes, spoiler. Well, I mean you can't even call that a spoiler now because here's the thing, they should have been promoting Superman from the get go. And the thing the thing is, once the movie actually came out in theaters, that's when they decided to put Superman on the promotional posters. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's the stupidest what? fucking thing in the world.
0: It's like, one, why would you even kill off Superman to begin with, knowing the fact that your next movie is going to be Justice League, where who is the front and center? I'm sorry, Batman might be really popular, but it's fucking Superman. Batman's aside, side, but it's fucking Superman. And you don't have Superman for all this. You have Batman back there like, oh, I hope I can hold this together. Yeah, plus and It's Ben Affleck, Batman, so no, he can't.
1: But uh, that in <laughs> itself, you can already tell the differences between Batman v Superman and Justice League. The fact that in, at the end of Batman v Superman, you see the dirt coming off the grave and you're getting the sense, oh, he's still alive to some degree. They don't even touch on that shit in Justice League. They pretty much just say he's still cold and dead in the ground. And it's not until they go ahead and do their little mother box voodoo that he's suddenly jolted back to life. So, it's like there's no consistency from one movie to the other in many aspects. That's why I say if you just look at Justice League as a movie unto itself, an island unto itself, not having to do any connectivity to any of the other movies prior, except maybe Wonder Woman, and you will enjoy the film. But I don't think you see it like that. I think you're just going to be like, kill kill, kill it. Let it die.
0: I think I need another beer. (laughs) I'll get one. Is it that bad? No, I I haven't seen Justice League, but I just. uh, Sorry for the noise on the microphone there, but I need a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Unbranded, as far as you know.
1: Unless you live in the area. Wingling. What? Wingling. 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 I can't. I just can't. But based upon what you've heard of the movie and based upon what you may intentionally see one day, I have to ask you, being more of uh, more critically minded than I am, I think, do you want to see more of this no. DC universe? You don't. No. You think it should just end?
0: Yeah. And And you know what? This comes from someone who 10 years ago... Was a gigantic Zack Snyder fan. I mean, he was close to my favorite director 10 years ago. I loved 300. I loved the new Dawn of the Dead. I liked, uh, whatchamacallit? uh, Watchman. Watchmen. But I don't like his rendition of the DC Universe. It's like he just, he's like Michael Bay. He's taking a property he doesn't understand, and he's trying to make it in his own image. And it's not the image that everyone else follows. So, I, I now know what Star Trek fans are feeling when the 2009 <laughs> film came out. It's like, I don't understand. It's a good film. Now I realize it's not Star Trek. And this is not the DC Universe. This is Michael Bay. A, well, it's Zack Snyder, but it almost feels like it could be made, made by Michael Bay, too. Wow,
1: that is a deep cut. You're you're comparing Bay to Snyder in that respect?
0: I always compared Bay to Snyder. The only thing I said about Snyder was, hey, at least his movies are good. And then he came out with Man of Steel, and now I'm not so sure
1: anymore. What? Man of Steel was pretty damn good for what it was. I mean, yeah, it was maybe a little heavy-handed with the whole Kryptonian stuff, but outside of that, it was a decent Superman movie.
0: Eh... Let me ask you this. You've seen that movie, so Mm -hmm. if you knew nothing about Superman, nothing whatsoever would have been a good
1: movie. I would say, yeah. I mean... Why?
0: If you knew nothing about uh, Superman and it jumped all over the place in the story. Remember, in the first 10 minutes, it jumped through three different time periods. Right. If you didn't know the history of Superman, would any of that make sense?
1: As far as... Oh, we're as, on a
0: planet now. Oh, we're all the way... Uh, now he's a kid. Oh, all now he's a grown man in the water.
1: I think aside from the jumpiness that is in DC movies, let, let's just call it as a whole. The editing part of DC needs help. I'll attribute that. But as far as Man of Steel as a story in itself, it has a little bit of a white-hearted theological sort of story to it i mean if you really look at the story as a whole superman being the last son of a dying planet or well supposedly the last son of a dying planet until zod and all of his cronies are going ahead and shift out mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they come back in and he's seen as the one person that can possibly stop them even though that was never the intention of his place and earth in the first place and he's taken on this responsibility, not only for his home planet, but for his new adoptive planet, it has a touching story to it. If you had never heard of Superman or Krypton or any of that stuff before, and you saw something about an alien who was essentially an orphan all to himself, no family in the world, and finds Earth as an adoptive planet, finds love, finds family, finds something that he probably never would have even found on his home planet. Then we would have
0: got a movie that would have been a B movie that I would have never thought of again in 30 years.
1: You can't necessarily say that. Yeah, I can. I just Uh, did. (laughs) I I think in itself, it may not be the greatest superhero movie, because the action really only takes place in like the third act and all that is just trashing around buildings while two people relatively just punch it out. But as far as the story goes, it's a good story.
0: Yeah. Agree to disagree. (sighs) Well, Batman versus, and actually you know what? The reason I'm so angry about Batman versus Superman, besides the fact that it wasn't really that great of a film Is it something that people have been looking forward to for like 30 plus years and it was done so poorly? Um, And the same thing with uh, Justice League because it led from Batman versus Superman. Uh, Zack Snyder, like Michael Bay, is really good with the action and depending on the story he's given, he can make something great. But very obviously he loves darker themes and that's not really the themes that fit within the DC universe, at least not the ones that he wants to play with.
1: Well, here's the thing. If they had just had Zack Snyder do a Batman movie as opposed to a Batman versus Superman movie, it would have been fine. I think they jumped ahead the gun a bit by okay. even introducing the rivalry between these two characters.
0: Batman's branding people. Do you think he would have done a good Batman movie at that point? He made Batman too dark. The fact that he Did took he? a character who was already dark and went, let's turn it up a notch. Uh... I, I don't know. I I Everyone was annoyed about Batman killing people. Yeah. I was more annoyed about him branding people.
1: Oh, I, I understand the whole idea of like the killing and all that, but you also have to understand this is a Batman we haven't seen yet. This is an older, grizzled, apparently 20 years in the game sort of Batman. When you've been doing something for 20 years and you still have to do it because nothing seems to be getting any better, you'd probably be to the point where it's like, you know what? Fuck them all. I would.
0: Well, even the Dark Knight Returns, the he wasn't fucking branding people. I mean, he was breaking their bones and shit, but...
1: Well, no, because <laughs> that wasn't as much of a comic universe in, the, in those three movies. That was a whole separate, more based in reality. Okay, if I was really going to go ahead and be a Batman-type character, this is how I would do it sort of thing. That one is probably the most based in reality out of any of these movies. What's Batmans. the
0: most based in reality?
1: The, I got lost there. The Christopher Nolan ones.
0: Oh, well, I wasn't talking about that. You said The Dark Knight. Returns. Right. The comic.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the movie.
0: No, the comic.
1: You got to be more specific. I
0: said said The Dark Knight Returns. There's nothing else called The Dark Knight Returns except for the Dark Knight Returns storyline. There's a Batman Returns and there's a Dark Knight movie, but they're not Dark Knight Returns.
1: (sighs) The fact is there's too much Batman to go around, (laughs) all right? He had to do something different and he did something different.
0: Yeah, he branded people,
1: and had a kick-ass car
0: that blew everyone up.
1: That blew bad people up.
0: The smithereens and ashes.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: all right. all right. We we've been actually we've gone almost an hour now. Well, um, how how
1: did we start? Because we, I noticed that like we started talking like at the twenty-minute mark. So I don't know how long we were filming before we started
0: that. at the twenty-minute mark
1: of talking. Well, as far as like the actual introduction of the show and everything.
0: Yeah. I thought. Oh, well, we, we talked about a few other things. I was just going to throw it in. Oh. <laughs> That's why I did the quick, fuck it. This is my name. This is his name. Let's talk.
1: Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure how far you were going with that. Um, I mean, did you want to touch on Future Man?
0: Oh, uh, sure. Or- uh, I don't know if I'm going to catch it or not. So, well, yeah, let's spoil it for myself. I, You know, the trailer pretty much told you the entire story. So
1: that's the thing this isn't a this isn't a show that's based upon like you know you really gotta follow along for the story but it takes so many twists and turns well first of all <laughs> we're talking about future man uh future man is essentially a 13 episode action comedy series from uh seth rogan and evan goldberg uh who are the same guys who are behind preacher and essentially you've got uh josh huttinson or uh, peter from the the hunger Games series He plays a character named Josh, who is a staying-at-home-with-his-parents video game uh, aficionado. And he ends up beating this one unbeatable game, uh, which retroactively has two people from the future come to claim him as the savior of their time, and they need him to save their future. So, essentially, it is The Last Starfighter, and the thing is, they make mention of The Last Starfighter. As you see in the trailers. This is a show that as much as the tiny wimy, wibbly wobbliness of time travel is, they make so many references and they are so aware of themselves that it is a fun show. You know, that's what you're going into this show for. Don't think that you're going into it for any kind of deep rooted, uh, you know, Doctor Who-esque sort of time travel phenomenons. This is really just going to be a ridiculous show that turns a lot of pop culture on its ear. They make fun of so many movies and they make so many references that you almost want to be like a fanboy watching to pick them all out. Whether it be the times that they use the little from Back to the Future when something you know weird happens to the timeline, or whether or not they once they've gone to James Cameron's secret, uh, you know mansion with all of his stuff and he has a, a computer that guards the house called sigourney and uh they they pretty much do uh, an easy rider sort of thing when they go back to the uh what was it the 60s in order to stop somebody from uh ever developing herpes because apparently developing herpes is what put them onto the road of destruction for the future it all starts with herpes. Yeah. It, it's one of these things where if you know anything about, like, Seth Rogen's kind of humor, if you've seen any of movies like This is the End, this is something that's going to interest you just for the humor alone. And Josh Hutchinson, like, I've never been, like, the biggest fan of his because I wasn't exactly a fan of the Hunger Games movies. But in this, I do see him as a likable character. I mean, in those movies, he could be as annoying as fuck. But here, I like him as this supposed savior for these two... Uh, bulked-up uh, dystopian warriors who are named Wolf and Tiger. And here he's supposed to be their savior, and he can't do shit. The only thing he's got for him is, like, this Sarcastic mind and
0: condom sense?
1: Well, the thing is, they lose so much in the future, apparently. You know, they, they fuck to re-energize themselves. It has no emotional value. They have no semblance of what movies are. They eat rats. Um, everyone just, like, you know shouts out exactly their fighting moves as they're doing it much like an anime you know it, it's so ridiculous that you wonder how you get from like the present time to this but the way they just bounce around to everything mm-hmm. it's outstanding and they really keep it nice and tight with the ridiculousness of it all and I think as much as you poo-poo on it you would really enjoy watching it
0: I wasn't really crapping on it. It didn't seem like something I really into, but from the way you described it, I probably will catch it at some
1: point. Yeah, like if you're a fanboy at all, you just want to go in for all the little nods that they give you. It's enough to make me actually watch it again just to see if there's more that I missed and see if I can like tally them all up. The 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 James Cameron house alone has so many fucking references. There's actually there's actually a book of the Navi language that Cameron developed for himself. And they just, they just poke at it constantly, it's like, uh, for some reason the Na'vi don't have a word for wolf, but they do have a word for internet. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, and it's like, it plays into Cameron so much, but but that's because Cameron, I think, is a heavy influence on a lot of the stuff that they do in this, whether it be uh, Terminator stuff, or uh, Titanic stuff, or... Uh, I guess, to a certain extent, the Avatar stuff, too. There's a lot of uh, Cameron that I think is the heart of this. Uh, some of the material that they use. And, you know, it's, I think, a little nod to the whole fact that we're so inundated with sci-fi and with pop culture that once it actually starts coming into, like, our real life, and once we actually start acknowledging what it is and what it isn't, it makes things that much more silly. And I think that's really the fun of it.
0: Speaking of, it sounds like it's sort of a stupid yet smart
1: comedy. Like, if you know none of what they're talking about, I think you'll still enjoy it. Because it really keeps you captivated. Because it's just bouncing around all over the place. Like, it, it's There's no two-parter episodes or anything like that. It's like every single episode is just a whole situation unto itself. They wouldn't even need to be interconnected. They don't have to be in that respect. But they are connected. It's so wobbly. It is so greatly wobbly. Now, being a fan of Doctor Who, I can appreciate wobbly. And this makes me wobbly. Wobbly. Oh,
0: that's right. We're also, uh, speaking of Doctor Who, we're actually getting close to the uh, Christmas special this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the, the last of Peter Capaldi. Right.
0: Rest in peace. I, just when all the fans were starting to like him, <laughs> and then he's like, I think it's time for me to leave. Why?
1: Well, that's like <laughs> most doctors. You only get like maybe no. three, maybe four years of them.
0: Yeah, but I mean like he, he, people I think instantly fell in love with ten. It maybe took two or three episodes, but they fell in love with Eleven. Uh, I think people hated Peter for like two series. And then series three kind of like was it. Like he finally found his groove. I and think... then and now he's already gone. Like now that we're like, okay, he makes a good doctor.
1: See, I always had an appreciation for what Peter Capaldi brought, but that's because I think Peter Capaldi brought back a certain kind of Doctor as opposed to the ones that we got with Tennant and with Smith. We even got a more wacky, youth-oriented kind of Doctor, which is, I think is pretty much what they were trying to play into in order to get the series revitalized and bring back an audience for it. But once you had the audience, you realize you had more of a young... The youth-based audience than, say, the fans of old. And because of that, once you go ahead and you take away this young, fresh-looking Doctor who everyone's just, like, loved either as, like, a friend or a potential boyfriend or as a son, now you implant them with this old codgery type, which is very reminiscent to the first Doctor, which is what makes the Christmas special so good. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a blowback because now you're taking away this young person that you fell in love with and you're replacing them with an old codger who doesn't, isn't, almost has, like, del- delirium. You don't know if he knows what's even going on.
0: But I don't think that was fully yet. I mean, I watched all three series, and I felt like there was always something that was kind of amiss. Now, we knew when Peter was coming in that he wasn't going to play the fun-loving Doctor, especially no. considering what he was playing before that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, no.
0: But uh, I think what happened was he, he didn't mesh very well with... Uh, with the Claire character. In fact, it almost seemed like they changed Clara. the... Uh, Clara. It seems like they changed Clara's character from how she was with 11 to 12 to make her a little more irritable, a little more, uh, like, almost unlikable, actually, at times. Um, and it, it just it never really meshed between those two.
1: But I think that's also... Well, you could flip it, really. You could say that uh, people didn't like Clara because she was almost a little bit too... Uh... Non-essential, in a sense, and especially when you compare it to Amy Pond and uh, Rory. You know, there's always that thing more so I think with the the companions than with the doctors, where there's more of an adjustment period because, really. Doctor Who is being seen through the eyes of the companion more so than the doctor themselves. Yeah, but so it became this friendly
0: it became this friendly relationship to this very antagonistic relationship that lasted pretty much two seasons because they were at each other's throat almost every other episode.
1: Right, and um, that's that's to be expected when you go ahead and you have somebody that the Clara basically fell in love with to An extent which they have touched on in the episodes, the first episode,
0: it. but then after that, again, it's felt like a personality shift. It oh, no, felt... no, it was
1: far than that. It was like the Christmas episode, and it was no, like, no, the no. The was very to be the first date.
0: episode where uh, the dinosaur in uh, Victorian London. Where like she's like I don't know if that's the doctor that's not the doctor right. so they played that right from the start. Well, but, I'm talking about
1: like you know, up but towards it's like the
0: end even right the- there from the start, it's like you went from her being sort of a adventurous, uh, fun character to kind of very bitter very quick, and it didn't feel like a character development. It just felt like a total, total personality shift.
1: Right, but she is bitter because the doctor she knew was gone.
0: I don't know. I I think this was they just didn't know how to write it. I, I blame this more for the writers. I feel like if you want, go back and watch the first season, series with uh, Peter. It's like they didn't know how to write any of those episodes. Like they they wanted to make him mean, but they couldn't make him too mean. They were trying to figure out this. It's like they couldn't figure out how to write for him, and it showed. And it, it's like by, again, by series three, that's when it's like, all right, we finally got it. We know We know how to do this. And, like, going from the Christmas special just before Series 3 on, he became a much better character.
1: You could say that about most of the Doctors, though. Of course, there's always going to be a progression where the more you see them and the more they get into the role, they get better. But, a,
0: but again, it's the other Doctors uh, from the last few series, like, you instantly f- uh, felt a connection to. This one, mm. it, it took a while.
1: I don't know about that. Like, I think first season, David Tennant was a little bit of like a, a wishwash for me because if you watch it from like the uh, Eccleston series leading into Tenant, he just looks like he's a dumbass in comparison with the, the fast talking and everything. You're not sure if he knows even what he's doing half the time. But as the seasons progressed, you realize he's just that fast, he's just that quick-witted. Mm-hmm. But if you're comparing one from the transition from one Doctor to the other, of course it's gonna be jarring.
0: I'm just saying this one took a lot longer. And when it finally happened and when people finally understood, it was like he was already gone, so it didn't matter.
1: Right, but I think that plays into the fact that they were looking at this series like, okay, we've done so much to get a youth-based audience, and now instead of keeping it going, we're throwing in the old guy. If you really look at like where it started, you start with Eccleston, then you went to tenant. Then you went to Smith. But, you almost got younger and younger and younger. And they even play into that in the trailers for the Christmas episode coming up. Where the first Doctor sees the 12th yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah. and says, I thought I'd be younger.
0: I am younger. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which, in fact, he I, isn't. But.
0: No, they're actually the same exact age. Uh, when uh, when uh, the first Doctor, and I apologize, I can't think of his real name. Oh, the, I thought the, you were going to do the, it. Wait, the very first one. <laughs> the very first Doctor. William Hart um, Hart uh, he was fifty five when he took on the role, and Peter Capaldi was also fifty five when he took on the role, so yeah. they were both the same
1: age. Yeah, which oh, those little nuances, I love them. But and and they're even saying that there was a possibility of bringing Matt Smith in for a cameo in the Christmas episode, and I'm like,
0: nah. do you?
1: That's the thing. The BBC feels that they need to do this youth-oriented stuff in order to keep the audience, and they You're, don't have to. They already.
0: Yeah, I think again now. I think a lot of people of that generation now liked him. He finally felt got connected to that audience. But in in why would you need that Matt Smith? You're introducing a brand new doctor who is the same age as Matt Smith. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I really don't know. I mean, thank God that they're at least going into the realm of, hey, now that you can be a woman. You know, I'll I'll be more surprised once Doctor becomes like a black transgender or something. But, (laughs) you know, at least it's a step in some direction.
0: Though, and not not to quote Louis C.K. here, considering uh, the controversy Uh, around him as of late, Uh, but I remember what he used to say about uh, like time travel. It's so like if you're a white person you can go back to any point in time and be fine if you're a uh, if you're a black person not so much. Yeah. Uh I think the same thing goes for the sexes. Like uh you could be a man, a white man in any point in time and you're probably going to be fine. <laughs> a white woman you might find some uh uh some issues. So I'm wondering if they'll ever play that or they're just like they normally do with the doctor kind of just play it off like uh, yeah, just a person uh, through all space and time, and you just know
1: that person's important, and you're gonna leave them alone. Well, traditionally, in like the Russell T. Davies seasons, the first full episode that the Doctor got with a companion, it usually went back to some point of a you know earthly history, whether it was the time of Shakespeare or something like that. They haven't done it so much uh, with the past seasons, and I don't know if that was uh, well. It's know, a new because... writer,
0: so you they yeah. Might. I don't
1: know. Yeah, but I don't know if they want to maybe jump back onto that now that they do have a woman and they have something more to play with, even though the majority of the companions have been women. So you still had some aspect of like, you know, there were certain things that the companions could or couldn't do simply based upon the gender. Now, I think it'd be more interesting to actually go ahead and maybe travel to some other planets where maybe the females of the planet have more control over the men, especially since this female doctor is going to have an older male companion uh, for a change. Uh, I don't know how the other people that they've shown in pictures are going to play into it all, but I know she's going. her main companion is going to be like an older white guy. So mm-hmm. maybe like the whole gender reversal, you know, her and power him, not, maybe that'll develop uh, some nice little character developments and well, key well, points.
0: Well, what I'm really hoping for is not to play on the gender. I question how it will go when they go back in history. And like I said, do they address it? Do they not address right. it? But in the reality, I don't want them to do it because I think there's already so much blowback on the fact that they switched the gender of doc- the do- uh, the doctor. That I would rather like just play the doctor straight, right. play the doctor as the doctor has always been the doctor. Oh, no, Doesn't no, matter, man I, or woman.
1: I'm sure she'll play a decent doctor, but no, the, they're, they're no, no. are going to
0: No, I I rather them not address the development role. But I you know they will?
1: But and it's
0: just going to make it stupid. It's like, I think if they don't make the address it and they just play it off as everything is normal, it's just, it will become the norm. And it's just like, yeah, doctor's a woman now. So what's the big deal? If you address it all the time, it's going to get old real quick. And it's going to be like just, it's going to be that needle poking
1: at everyone. Which is what they will do. You, you know, they will. It's the BBC. They're not exactly the best at keeping uh, things progressive. No offense, BBC, but you're not. It took you this long just to come up with the idea of a female doctor?
0: As an Irishman, I can say this.
1: British. Yeah, lousy Northern Irish fucks.
0: How does he make fun of the North Irish? But I guess ah, they're, they're just as bad. But they're British.
1: <laughs> <laughs> as it goes back to the beer. <laughs> Alright, um... All right, so with that uh, drunken tirade uh, handled, uh, anything else you want to talk about?
0: No, not really. I just want to keep drinking.
1: And that's a nice little segue into the end of this episode. We want to thank you for spending your time with us. As I know, you're probably just taking care of your leftovers, and hopefully we've been able to pass the time by. And, of course, You can always uh, watch this episode as well as the other ones on the uh, YouTube channel for JT and Big O as well as through the Facebook page. And I'm hoping that uh, we'll at least have one more episode before the end of the year, uh, something a little Uh, Christmas-oriented. And
0: if you want to invest to our Patreon, we don't have one.
1: Yeah, so all we're asking is for your time, your patience, and a couple of laughs. And if you can't give that... Well, then, what the hell is wrong with you, you soulless bastard? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but again, if you have any uh, questions about anything that we talked about, if you'd like to comment and add your own two cents, then there's any topics that you'd like to see us discuss in the December episode. Please feel free to jot them down and we'll take everything into consideration.
0: Yes. <laughs> with that said, I am JT.
1: I am Ryan Big O'Regan. And with the help of uh, Michael there in the background there, we'll until next time. <laughs> Later. So, more beer? More beer. Okay. This is going to be a long one.